This is Bill Newman, WHMP. Well, that wasn't true. This is Buzz Eisenberg sitting in for Bill Newman on WHMP. <laughs> and hello there, Monty Belmonte. Hey there, Buzz. It's always such a nice treat to be in the studio with you. It's always nice to be with you in and out of the studio. Oh, so I nice. like you so much more than I like Bill Newman. It's like <laughs> not even close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Bill Newman so much more than I like myself. It's uh, not even close. That's also true for me. All right. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I'll tell you who we both probably <laughs> like a lot. We like First Franklin representative who's with us this morning, Natalie Blay. Hello, Natalie. How are you? It's great to be with you. Oh, it's always such a pleasure to be with you. And here I get to be with you twice on the afternoon show afternoon buzz and in the morning show with bill newman's uh his guest host so um and you are on the ballot very soon um so uh, am i right is today the first day Mani, you might be able to help me with this too i think today's the first day with with uh, early voting is that right well i got my ballot in the mail two or three days ago i think so yeah we're close yeah what's I don't know about in person of early voting though because i'm just going to put that thing in the mail that's a really good idea. Yeah. It is really important. Vote, that. vote, vote, vote. I think October 29th is the last time they said to register to vote. So everybody, please make sure you've registered to vote and make sure that you do vote whatever means you're going to vote by. So Natalie, I wanted to ask you about these ballot questions. And Bill and I had had a little communication. And he told me what he was going to do. And it's exactly what I would love to do to talk to you about these. So the first thing I want to do is ask you about question five. People might not understand it. Could you explain it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, I just wanted to uh, emphasize and reiterate how important it is to get out to vote. We have so many options available now. You can vote by mail. You can vote early in person. Uh, you can vote in person on Election Day, November 8th. Uh, so if you, if you don't know uh, where you're voting or how to vote, you can go to the Secretary of State's website. Uh, it is sec sec.state.ma.us. There's a section there on with a, a plethora of information on voting. You can see if you're registered to vote. Um, you can also go to my website at replay.org and you'll find links to all of this information. Uh, but there is also a really great guide on the ballot questions that will appear on the ballot. But one of the questions is a non-binding ballot question that will appear on the first Franklin ballot. I think it's on the first Hampshire district ballot as well. Uh, it is organized by the Ashfield chapter, the Citizens Climate Lobby, and it is around putting a fee on the carbon content of fossil fuels to compensate for their environmental damage and returns proceeds in equitable ways to individuals. Uh, so this is a, as I said, it's a non-binding ballot question. Um, it is intended to show the state representative the opinions of the voters um, in, in terms of where you stand on a carbon fee. And it is, was created with the intent of uh, providing constituents with the opportunity to direct state representatives like me on how they would like for us to act on a particular matter, in this case, a carbon fee. And how would a representative like Natalie Blay uh, <laughs> act on a carbon fee? So, you know, I, as, as I said to others, I'm very interested in, in hearing from constituents what they think. This is intended to uh, inform me and my, my future work on uh, legislation around carbon fees. Uh, I will say that in the past, I have supported legislation, including the most recent uh, Green Future Act that was offered by Rep. Bill Driscoll, uh, which does, uh, which would have in, uh, put in place a carbon fee. Right. Um, and, and Owens, but you represent 19 uh, towns, and of course, Ashfield is your favorite. Isn't that true, Natalie? <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought Montague was your favorite. <laughs> she thinks Deerfield is her favorite. Uh, <laughs> I love them all equally. Oh, well done, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, the district is changing significantly. Um, you know, we will have about 15,000 new residents in the newly reconfigured First Franklin District. 
Um, and so, you know, the new towns included are uh, Bernardston, Charlemont, um, Coleraine, Hawley, Heath, Leiden, Monroe, Rowe, in uh, precincts five, six, seven, and eight in Greenfield. Uh, those are the new towns that will be added to the first Franklin district. What parts of Greenfield are those for people who might know the lay of the land in Greenfield? Sure. Yeah, so five, six, seven, and eight are sort of south of the hospital, uh, over to the fairgrounds, if you're heading sort of east, and then west along the Route 2 corridor. So it's really, it's sort of the downtown over to the fairgrounds and west over to um, Big Y in that area. I don't think, Representative Natalie Blay, that people really understand how difficult it, it, your, your, your job is so challenging. Um, you're running again. That takes time uh, to, to represent us in the 193rd session of the General Court in Massachusetts. But you also have to get to know the communities that you represent, and you have to let constituents feel comfortable that you, in fact, are paying attention to their particular community. It's very time-consuming to do all that and mother at the same time, isn't it? <laughs> well, I have to say I'm really lucky uh, because the 1st Franklin District is one of the most beautiful parts of the Commonwealth. So You're here. I was, you know, I was able to go to the Ashfield Fair uh, and, and talk with people who I hadn't seen in, in a little while because of COVID. Um, I was at a pie contest in Leiden, which was incredible. I was there with Senator Comerford and Congressman McGovern. Uh, I was at two transfer stations in the new First Franklin last um, last weekend because it is a great place to talk to constituents. Uh, and to hear what's on their mind as they're you know, unloading their car full of garbage. Talking trash uh, with Natalie Blair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. I right. love it. But, you know, it's, it's meeting people where they are. And you know, thankfully, we have so many great events and, and community gathering spaces in the First Franklin that I'm able to uh, go to in addition to regularly scheduled office hours uh, to talk with folks about what's top of mind for them. Well, let's talk this, the Work and Family Mobility Act, question four that people are going to be asked to vote on. Um, just a brief history of it and tell us how you feel about it. Yeah, this, you know, I want to just give a, a shout out to Rep. Christine Barber and Tricia Farley-Bouvier, who've been working on this for a very long time. And they have been building momentum and building partnerships uh, for many years now. Uh, and so they were finally able to get this over the finish line in the legislature. Um, and this, you know, it would allow people who do not have legal immigration status uh, to apply for a driver's license. Uh, so we passed this in the legislature. Charlie Baker uh, vetoed it. We overrode that veto. Um, and now it is on the ballot this fall in the next couple weeks. Uh, and now as you're sending in your, your vote by mail uh, ballots, um, because this petition was submitted after the July 20, the July 2022 deadline for inclusion in the printer, printed information for voters booklet that's mailed to each household, that this question is not listed in the voter guide. So I appreciate you asking about this buzz because I think there's a lot of you know, confusion about this. You know, if it's on the ballot, why wasn't it in the voter's guide, and what exactly does it do? Well, I guess the question that I want listeners to understand, and I hope that they are learning about it. I know I've tried to do it in the afternoon a lot. It's what it doesn't do. It doesn't allow people, well, tell us why it doesn't allow people to vote who aren't citizens. It doesn't provide a full range of citizenship uh, for people. It just allows them to get driver's licenses, right. right? That's right. But a yes vote does not change the immigration status of, of anyone in Massachusetts. It does not confer the right to vote. Uh, it does not do anything except um, allow people the ability to, to drive. And the legislature, in its wisdom, has made sure that it also doesn't al allow people to get a driver's license unless we know what their real identity is, Right. That's right. Uh, individuals do need to provide at least two documents to prove their identity and date of birth. Um, you can provide a valid unexpired form passport or valid unexpired consular ID. 
um, and a valid U.S. driver's license, birth certificate, foreign national ID card, or a marriage certificate or divorce decree. I know I'm going to be voting yes. I know you're going to be voting yes on on question four. Worth noting a a poll that just came out today that we were talking about off the air from the Massing polling group is indicating that question four, um, yes, leads, but only narrowly 49% to 37%. And most people, you know, they need that 50% margin at least to make this happen, which so this is a, if this is something you care about, this issue is not resolved in the minds of the people. who Please vote. Please vote. Yes. Because, I mean, let's face it, there is not, there's no logical connection between your visa status and whether you deserve to have a driver's license and drive on our roads. The state has the authority to issue driver's licenses to oversee the system and its operation. And, and for the safety of our, our residents on our roadways, uh, we need to be doing everything we can to ensure that all drivers have identification, that they have insurance and the road safety training to keep all of us um, safe on the roadways. And this is a big issue for Western Massachusetts where we're lacking public transportation uh, and we really need to have the people on our roadways be out there uh, operating safely. And we have so many immigrants and undocumented in, in, immigrants who actually work and support our economy in, in agriculture. There are so many particularly Hispanic immigrants and in, in restaurant industry where we have Asian um, folks that, that, that work and and we have uh, Eastern European folks that are working in our building trays and our masons. Uh, it's really important that we keep them able to work by allowing them to drive without getting stopped and charged for operating without a license. It, it just makes sense. I don't want, before we take a break, I wanted to ask you about the fair share amendment, which is question one. Could you explain that and how you're going to vote about that? Yeah, I'm a strong supporter of the fair share amendment, which is question one. Um, Right now, people with lower incomes pay more of their income in taxes than people with the highest incomes. Um, And so a yes vote on question one is intended to fix that. Uh, It will create a 4% tax on the portion of a person's annual income above $1 million and require in the state constitution that funds only be spent on transportation and public education. Um, so it, it, it's, it's interesting. If you look at the numbers, 90% of the revenue from question one will be paid by people with annual incomes over $2 million. 70% will be paid by people who earn over $5 million. Um, this is if you're if you're in the 99.4 percent of Massachusetts residents who make less than a million dollars a year, you will not pay a penny more in taxes if this does advance. So, Representative Natalie Blay, once a month, I and some other uh, idiot men get together and we play our <laughs> poker game, which we've been playing for decades together. And yeah. and one Ben, we were ta- we were talking about it, and I said how important. I said basically what you said. At, at which point Ben said he has a friend who just said to him, if, that, if question one passes, he's going to leave the Commonwealth, at which time two people, one of them is Harry Karamidis, uh, you just, you the know. The editor of Back to the Future series and more. Two at the same time said, <laughs> let him leave. <laughs> I feel passionately about this. We're going to take a break and we're talking to my representative who represents me in the general court. Me Natalie too. Bla- you too. We'll be right back with Natalie right after these messages. And he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. Out of reading this is Bill Newman, WHMP. Knowing what the cards were, by the way. At American National, what's important to you is important to us. Just like every horse is unique, so is our equine coverage. American National's Equine Owner's Insurance is designed to address the inherent risks involved with owning horses. Flexible enough to provide property and liability coverage for operations of various sizes, yet can be tailored for your specific needs. We're right by your side. For more information, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. Eat more kale, says the bumper sticker. Why assume I'm not eating enough kale? 
If you eat at Paul and Elizabeth's, there's always kale. There's the Caesar salad with kale, with romaine, or both. There's the vegetarian platter, vegetables sauteed to perfection, including kale. Or just order a side of sauteed greens. Some people treat kale like one of those good-for-you-but-no-one-really-likes-it things. Maybe those people have never been to Paul and Elizabeth's restaurant. Inside Thorns in Northampton. Hi, I'm Missy Tatro, Assistant Vice President and Senior Mortgage Originator at Greenfield Cooperative Bank and its Northampton Co-op Bank Division. Have we got some exciting news for you. And I'm Mortgage Originator Kimberly Gates. We're extending our offer to save up to $1,000 on your mortgage closing costs. There's still time to get a $750 closing credit plus another $250 when we pre-qualify you. Check out our new website and start your application now at bestlocalbank.com or come see us in person. As local lenders, we're here for you every step of the way. So come on over to the co-op and see me, Missy Tatro. Or me, Kimberly Gates, and save up to $1,000 on your closing costs. Close by November 30th, be a new first mortgage customer, or refinance from another loan provider. Minimum $100,000 loan, subject to change or end without notice. Other conditions apply. See bank for details. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender, member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. Hi, this is Dr. Jenny Garber, former college athlete and now arthroscopic and shoulder surgeon at New England Orthopedic Surgeons. I'm proud to be one of the board-certified team of doctors who's ready to tackle any orthopedic or sports injury, from shoulders and elbows to knees and ankles and everything in between. Here's this week's injury wrap-up for your New England football team. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne left Sunday's game with a toe injury. He's day-to-day. Safety Cody Davis left Sunday's game with a knee injury and did not return. His status for Monday night is questionable. Defensive tackle Christian Barmore left Sunday's game with a knee injury and is questionable for Week 7. And running back Damian Harris was inactive for the Cleveland game and continues rehabbing a hamstring injury. His return for Monday night is questionable. This week's injury wrap-up is brought to you by New England Orthopedic Surgeons. With convenient locations in Springfield, East Longmeadow, and now Northampton, you can trust we'll give you the best bona fide care. So visit anyortho.com to schedule your appointment today. Because at New England Orthopedic Surgeons, our team will get you back in the game. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And this is guest youth host, Buzz Eisenberg with Natalie Blay, Representative Blay. So, Natalie, talk to us about the dental insurance question two that's going to be on the ballot on November 8th. Yeah, there's a lot of attention being paid to questions one and four and you know, five in the first Franklin district. Uh, but there are two other ballot questions that will appear um, one, the one that you're asking about is question two. It is on the regulation of dental insurance. Uh, so a, a yes vote would regulate dental insurance rates. Uh, it would require companies to spend at least 83% of premiums on member dental expenses and quality improvements instead of administrative expenses. And it would also make some other changes to, to dental insurance regs. And a no vote would make no change in the law relative to the regs that apply to dental insurance companies. Uh, so that is, that's the yes and the no uh, version here. It's pretty impressive that uh, uh, our auditor, um, I think it was our auditor, but in any event, uh, of the premiums that they received, it's 300 and something million dollars uh, Last year, one-third went to paying for dental care for the insureds, and two-thirds went to administrative costs and profits. And we learned yesterday mm-hmm. on the show that they didn't willingly disclose that. That was mathematically figured out by the auditor or someone else. So I'm, I'm going to brag for a minute, Natalie, because I had, the, I had uh, Marty Wall uh, was here, and I had uh-huh. a, a dentist, and I, and I uh, had the, uh, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, the, fo- the fellow that actually wrote the explanation and drafted uh, the question um, on the show, and he, um, he, he gave me all these facts and figures, and I had already read a lot of this stuff, so at the end of it, I said, I think the insurance industry is lying through its teeth, to be funny, I thought it was like a funny thing. Well, he used that in asking Channel 7 to withdraw the ad that was being put on by the insurance uh, folks. Um, and uh, he wrote, his lawyer wrote a cease and desist letter and ended it with, as Buzz Eisenberg of the afternoon, Buzz said, they're lying through their teeth. And they, they, they took off the ad. 
They deleted the ad. I saw the ad during the Patriots game on Sunday and yelled at the television. Yeah. Not just like I usually do if the Patriots fumble or something, but at a political ad. Yeah, so anyway. Um, we are, it's clear where we all stand on this. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. I was saying that tongue-in-cheek, if you know what I mean. But I asked Marty Wall on this show, I think just yesterday, you know, do you know any dentists that are for no on, on question two? And he said, I don't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know any. And that's what yeah. this guy said. He's, yeah. he's part of the dental society. Nobody does. And, and um, I wish we had more time with Natalie, but we don't. But um, I always love talking to you, Natalie, and we'll soon do it in the afternoon. And um, I can't wait to congratulate you when uh, you are reelected for the 193rd session of the General Court, Natalie Blay of the First Franklin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And please, everybody, get out to vote. Please don't forget. Please, this is important. Stay warm, Natalie. We're going to be. Take care, everybody. Okay, we're going to be right back with Northampton Poetry Radio NPR, Rich Michelson and his guest. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Eversource's plan to cut over 370 acres of trees around transmission lines in Franklin and Hampshire counties is drawing ire from the community. Activists gathered in front of Eversource Hadley location on Tuesday in protest, saying the project is damaging to the environment and a full environmental impact report is needed. The Gazette reports there is a report in the draft process. Eversource says the project is meant to protect the transmission lines, which are the backbone of the electric grid. A Belchertown man is going to prison after being found guilty of rape. Jurors found 42-year-old Eric Wheeler guilty of rape, strangulation, suffocation, and two counts of assault and battery, stemming from assaults on the same victim in 2018 and 2019. Wheeler was sentenced to five to seven years in state prison on the rape charge and imposed concurrent sentences of two years in the House of Correction on charges of strangulation and assault and battery. The winning word from last night's spelling bee. Q-U-I-D-N-U-N-C. You got it. Congratulations. You have won the spelling bee. And the royal spellies have taken it. Sarah Mulverhill, Geraldine Unger, Claudia Buston, Rutherford. Quidnunc, the winning word defined by Merriam-Webster as a person who seeks to know all the latest news or gossip, a busybody. The Neff Spelling Bee raised money to support the Small Grants for Teachers program. Last year, they awarded over $24,000 in grants to fund programs in all of the Northampton public schools. Mostly sunny breezy today, a high of 54 to 58. Scattered clouds tonight, evening temperatures in the 40s and 50s, an overnight low of 30 to 36. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a little warmer, a high of 58 to 62. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. This News Minute is brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. Yo soy Johan Vega con la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media. Las escuelas públicas de Holyoke anunciaron el miércoles que dos maestros de Holyoke y dos líderes escolares fueron homenajeados este mes por el Estado de la Educación Latina en la celebración del quinto aniversario de Latinos por la Educación, así como el mes de la herencia hispana. Entre ellos se encuentran la profesora Janet Morales, maestra de inglés como segundo idioma de Holyoke High, Roberto Vicente, decano de gestión y operaciones de la Escuela Kelly, Christine Pérez, maestra de inglés de la Escuela Peck y Sacha García Mailú, directora de la Escuela Sullivan. El evento anual del Estado de la Educación Latina reúne a los líderes educativos locales, estatales y nacionales para celebrar la resistencia de la comunidad latina y destacar el papel fundamental que desempeñan los educadores y líderes latinos en la consecución de la equidad educativa para los estudiantes latinos. En otras informaciones, el presidente de Estados Unidos, Joe Biden, anunció el miércoles un plan para vender el resto de su liberación de la reserva de emergencia de petróleo de la nación para fin de año y comenzar a rellenar las reservas mientras trata de amortiguar los altos precios de la gasolina antes de las elecciones de mitad de periodo del 8 de noviembre. Biden está tratando de agregar suficiente oferta para evitar picos en los precios del petróleo a corto plazo que podrían castigar a los estadounidenses y asegurar a los perforadores estadounidenses que el gobierno ingresará al mercado como comprador si los precios caen demasiado. Dijo que se ofrecerán 15 millones de barriles de petróleo de la Reserva Estratégica de Petróleo, parte de una liberación récord de 180 millones de barriles que comenzó en mayo y agregó que Estados Unidos está listo para aprovechar las reservas nuevamente a principios del próximo año para controlar precios. 
Yo soy Johan Rashi Vega y esta fue la síntesis informativa de Holyoke Media a través de WHMP. This News Minute has been brought to you by our partners at Holyoke Media. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And uh, this is Buzz Eisenberg and it is time for Northampton Poetry Radio with Rich Michelson. Hi, Rich. Hi, Buzz. It's good to see you again. Great to see you uh, again. That's right. It's Always been love a little, to hear you talk about It's poetry. been a little bit. And I'm especially thrilled today because not only are we doing a session of uh, Northampton Poetry Radio, but my dear good friend Doug Anderson is on with me, and he has a brand new book. It is called Undress, She Said. It's an absolutely amazing book, Doug. I think this is... Uh, an achievement that is just wonderful. You just keep getting better and better. I'm amazed at that. And you will be reading tonight, tonight, folks, so you don't have time to forget. You will be reading tonight at the Odyssey Bookstore, a local treasure in South Hadley at 7 p.m. I expect everyone to be there. You're in for a treat. It's a great reading. Welcome, Doug. Hey, thank you, Rich. So, um... You've been on the show before, and uh, you have a long history of wonderful books. Uh, the Moon Reflected Fly Fire was a Kate Tufts Discovery Award, Blues for Unemployed Secret Police. Uh, your memoir, Keep Your Head Down, Vietnam, the 60s, and a Journey of Self-Discovery. Your last book, Horse Medicine, you and I read together on a number of occasions when uh, our books came out at the same time. Uh, you're a local and a Western Mass treasure. You've gotten awards from the Mass Cultural Council, Poets and Writers, um, and you often write about uh, Vietnam. I think most people know you as a Vietnam poet in general, even though that's just a small part of what you do, which is really politics, history, mythology. Uh, but I want to talk for a moment about this book because there's a lot about aging and love. And not too many poets write about aging and uh, and you do it so beautifully the bodies involved everything you talk about plus and minus um, talk to me about about that a little bit your your poems um, about this part of your life well Jack Gilbert once said that uh, most romantic poets died before they were 50 uh, so suddenly we live longer and there's a lot more to write about in the other 50 years um, Anyhow, I, you know, I've been on the planet a while. I've watched the historical wheel turn twice. Uh, I've watched uh, the Civil Rights Act come into being, and I'm now watching them being threatened. Um, there's living in a body, an aging body, and there's the uh, unquenchability of love. You well, know, that it continues, it grows, it gets better, it gets smarter. Even your prose is poetic. Yeah, thank you. Well, we, we, we tend in this world to venerate everything young. Yes. And I think more and more so. And, po and poetry is no different. Uh, you know, if you look at most of the awards these days, I remember, you know, I'm a little younger than you, but not that much. Um, most awards went for, say, a body of work, et cetera. Now it tends to go for first books or second books. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's just such a pleasure to see poems that really speak to the longer viewpoint. I want to make sure we get a poem in. Let, let's start. If you can read us something so people get a sense of what they're in for tonight. Okay. I used to have an angel of death called Mort, and he was, a, he was sarcastic. So I fired him, and now I have a young woman with magenta hair and a nose ring. Um, the angel of death. She is here again with her little black car, wings folded and tucked under her sweater, her magenta hair, nose ring, black socks with little skulls. She is taking me for the usual morning ride. See, she says, how the fog hangs below Mount Sugarloaf and the tip appears bright in the sun. See how the old farmer bends to fix his tractor in the field how the river resists the ice that crusts near the bank, how even in fog the colors persist, the leaves hanging on for one more day, another wind, 
It is not so bad, she says. What you have is the longer death, the dying, the composting of the soul. She drives me up the mountain and we stand overlooking the valley, the river, a snake twisting to shake off the cold, the fields heavy with manure before the first snow. We let the wind carve us into stillness. I want you to get used to me, she says, so when I come from the last, for the last time, you won't be frightened. You've seen me before. I was there when you tried to keep a man from bleeding to death. I was there when you could not stand to live another day without the woman who broke you. She leads me back down the mountain, and I'm alone and tasting the first rich coffee of the morning. I smell her perfume the rest of the day. That was Doug Anderson reading from his brand new book, Undress, She Said. Doug is reading this evening, Thursday, October 20th, at the Odyssey Bookstore in South Hadley at 7 o'clock. Uh, you should be there. And I do want to mention that Doug will be reading uh, tonight with Lauren Marie Schmidt, uh, a friend, again, of both of ours, and also a wonderful poet, the author of four books. Uh, and uh, both of them will be there this evening. Uh, don't miss it. It is just absolutely going to be a wonderful reading. And Doug is a valley treasure and a national treasure. And this book, uh, I'm looking at the cover, which is absolutely beautiful. And that's one of your photographs, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, so um, I know you go all around the valley uh, doing photographs as well as um, poetry. We just have a short time left. Um, and, uh, and I know you have a short poem as well, Doug. So um, let's hear a little bit about love. Okay. Wings. Been so long since I've been loved, even touched, I told her, with no self-pity in my voice, just fact. And she reached over and took my hand in both of hers and felt deftly its several bones and worn gristle that held them in place, as if she were holding a bird that hit a glass door to feel it come back to life in her hands. Again, that's Doug Anderson tonight at the Odyssey Bookstore. You are listening to Northampton Poetry Radio. I'm Richard Michelson on the Bill Newman Show. With and one Buzz more time, Eisenberg. the name of the book is Undress, And the name of the book said. is Undress, She Said. Uh, you should have a copy if you um, have a collection of poetry. And if you don't, it is absolutely a wonderful book. It's accessible. It's beautiful. The, the music is beautiful. And Doug, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing your reading tonight. You're most welcome, and thank you. All right. We are going to uh, transition in the few couple of minutes we have left, because this is a great valley for poetry, and there's always lots going on. Um, and uh, this Sunday, uh, this Sunday in where Community Writers to Read at the Grange Hall, Workshop 13 in Ware, Massachusetts, at 2 p.m. this Sunday. Uh, Eileen Kennedy is with us. Hello, Eileen. Hi, Rich. It's so good. I know you've been on my show not that long ago with your book, Touch My Head Softly. And we talked a little bit about that, which was about um, losing a love to Alzheimer's and uh, a quite moving book. But you are uh, reading this Sunday with seven other writers on the theme of women and power. And... Um, uh, and tell me a little bit, who's going to be reading with you, and, um, and how did this come about? Okay, so um, we have um, seven other wonderful Valley writers. Uh, they are Lynn Bechtel, Linda Costranovo, Carla Menane Clark, Erin Erin Irvin, Madeline Haber, Dorothy Ream, Stephanie B. Safran, and me. Uh, we're reading um, at Workshop 13's Grand Hall at 13 Church Street in Ware at 2 o'clock. And this is our first reading out um, since the pandemic, so we're excited. And uh, we are partnering with Workshop 13, which is a wonderful arts 
and Learning Center, not-for-profit in Ware. Um, they started uh, in an abandoned church that the city was going to tear down, and two artists bought it for $2,000. And now they have three buildings. They have an art space. And if you come to see the reading at 2 o'clock on Sunday, you can also go to their artworks exhibit around the corner and see the Wild Ornery Women the Art Wild Exhibit. Wild Ornery Women Art Exhibit and Women in Power Poetry. What else can you want, folks? Come on, this is a great valley, isn't it? So are you, are you all a group? Do you meet regularly? Um, yes, we are. Um, uh, we are a writing group, um, and uh, we meet once a week, and we support each other. And um, the Wild Ornery Women exhibit has many local artists also, like Terry Rooney and Doris Madsen. Oh, and they I also love their have, work. And they also have international artists like Irene Christensen. And at uh, the reading, I'm going to be doing um, an, an ekphrastic poem, a response to one of Irene's paintings. Which are wonderful. Right. Do uh, you have um, Do you have a short poem uh, of a wild woman and power poem that you can uh, take us out with? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to read a poem. Uh, this is from uh, an anthology by B Cubed Press. It's in support of the Women's Wave, and the proceeds from the sale of this anthology will go to the ACLU. Wonderful. And before I read. You can uh, look at workshop13.org, or you can contact me at Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, pkennedy.com, and I have all this information. And this is called Waiting in the Row. He's had too much, but she serves the glass up, a maid in a Galead bar. Unlocking the car later, she smells the beer on his breath as he grabs her and holds her down. Now... The lawyers argue statute and precedent of the medieval law that guides her medical care. She wades and rows her swollen boat body to a butcher in a side street on a bitter table. Misery sends rage to play in the water as her fluids drain out, fearing the final flow. Where is her in her body does she feel the good news? That is Eileen Kennedy reading. Uh, you, she will be reading again on this Sunday at the Community Writers, the Grange Hall Workshop 13 in Weir, Massachusetts, Sunday, October 23rd. Again, that's 2 p.m. Be there. And tonight, we expect to see you all at the Odyssey, a wonderful treasure, a bookshop, um, to hear Doug Anderson and... Lauren Marie Schmidt. Doug will be reading from his brand new, just published book, Undress She Said. It is a wonder. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Thank you, Doug, for joining me. And thank you, Rich. What a wonderful day to, way to start my day. Thank you. Thank you, you. Really Thank you, Rich. We're going to be back with the Reverend the Rabbi right after these messages. Do stay with us. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Modest, very minimal increase in the police budget, largely uh, due to just regular contractual um, obligations. Holyoke is nothing like Northampton and Greenfield. The quality of life uh, issues or demographics, very, very different. So I can never compare our police departments. The challenges we have going on in our city are very, very different. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. 
Picture perfect days in the valley, and there's not a better place to celebrate those perfect days than at the Bridgeside Grill in Sunderland. The Bridgeside Grill has undergone a stunning transformation and expansion, and now it's time to revisit one of your favorite spots. Check out the new and expanded bar area, or dine outside on the patio. The Bridgeside Grill is open Tuesday starting at 9 a.m. and serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about Sunday brunch and live music every Thursday and Sunday. The Bridgeside Grill, right on the heart of downtown Sunderland. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday bread euphoria? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. At the Northampton Williamsburg line, there's something in the air. That sourdough crust pizza. Those croissants. Smell that bread. The baguettes. That New York rye. It's euphoria. Bread euphoria. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at WHMP.com. Today, I'm convening this conference because I believe we can use these advances to do even more to make America stronger and a healthier nation, to achieve ambitious goals and hunger in this country by the year 2030. This is a big deal. The President of the United States just announced to the world that ending hunger and promoting better nutrition in this country is a national priority. I think that's a good plan, and I think we can do it. Meanwhile, our neighbors have to eat today. The Food Bank of Western Mass is there for the over 100,000 neighbors who rely on emergency food each month. And if you want to help support the Food Bank of Western Mass, you can join the March for the Food Bank 13 Thanksgiving week. The federal government is making moves when it comes to fighting hunger, and the Food Bank itself is making moves. From Hatfield to Chicopee, you can move with us locally as we march from Springfield to Northampton on day one, and Northampton to Greenfield on day two. March yourself, start a team, virtually march. Get involved, make some moves. Monty's March 13, making moves. Monday and Tuesday, November 21st and 22nd. Sign up now at montysmarch.com. This is Bill Newman, WHMP. And this is Buzz Eisenberg, guest hosting for Bill Newman. And I always love when I get the opportunity to participate in the Reverend the Rabbi. Uh, hello, Reverend Michael McSherry. Are you here? He is there issue there there we go perfect whether justin rabbi justin david is there who was there but now is muted is the other question it's always a, an interesting leap of faith as it were when we use technology Ooh. and this means never ever mute the rabbi i didn't mute the rabbi <laughs> did he rabbi mute himself muted himself yes so uh reverend mccherry it's really nice to meet you this is buzz eisenberg uh, what are we talking about today? Hi, hi what are we talking about well um, Bill had suggested, um, how do you keep going uh, in the face of, of uh, many reasons to give up? I, I, think that's, I think that's great. We do have the rabbi. I'm here, Buzz. <laughs> it's great to see you. Nice see almost you. win last night at the Spelling Bee, by the way, Rabbi. There were two congregation, B'nai Israel and Beit Hava, were both contenders in the Northampton Education Foundation Adult Spelling Bee. None of them made it to the to the final, but very close. No, I, I should have I, I should have listened to my better instincts about um, adopted French words, and and uh, I went out on a word that I didn't know that we didn't know, and my strategy was don't get cute, don't try to think that just because something sounds like French or German or whatever, that you uh, do that. So I- uh, Well, you, all, you always have this to fall back on. Had they done it in Hebrew, you would have won. I know. But Rev true. Reverend Michael McSherry, you, you wrote something that I saw in an email this morning that said, we make the road by walking it. What did you mean by mm -hmm. that? Oh my goodness. Um, it's a reference to an obscure uh, Buddhist sect that existed for only about 30 years in Thailand, I think. Um, sort of like some of those breakaway sects and, and other religions where um, folks with a very um, high aspiration for uh, perfecting life on earth um, form communities um, um, and because of the uh, extent to which they share values, they're able to 
live peacefully and share broadly and um, you know engage in all sorts of productive behavior but they usually burn out after a couple generations and this particular group of buddhists in in thailand um, settled a fair amount of, of territory but they you know when whenever asked how do we make the difference how do we persist in our what for lack of a better word our faith or our shared vision for how life could be better they would just say well we make the road by walking it in other words you both you you pick the direction and you clear the path um, by your by your own behavior and because there were so many of them involved it it um it worked until it didn't and Reverend Justin, da I mean Rabbi Reverend Justin David, forgive me. Uh, how does that resonate to you? We make the road by walking it. Well, I think it's compelling. It's it's you know it's an aphorism, and the aphorism has a lot of other dimensions to it. So we make the road by walking it. Uh, it suggests that there's a road already there right and it's not denying that there's something outside of us that that shapes our existence but it gives us uh it sort of flips it and then radically asserts that we have agency i i've been thinking something similar um in in reference to um sort of this national anxiety that i think we live with it's brought on by so many factors um you know, by racism, by economic inequality, by climate change, by you know, the erosion of democracy. And the question I've been thinking out loud about over these, over the past month of the Jewish holidays is, well, how do we live with both, right? How do we live with a sense of um, the world and factors that shape our existence spinning out of control, while at the same time, um, living with a realistic sense of the power of our own agency and uh, particularly in community. And I think to live with one without the other uh, is both false uh, and disempowering. And I think that the the task that we all face is to how, how do we how do we live with both with the sense of what is uh, foisted upon us beyond our control and to our great, you know, consternation and, and dread uh, on the one hand. And on the other hand, how do we make use of the very human gifts uh, internally and among people that we've been given? Hmm. Is, Reverend, um, this <laughs> Buddhist sect that you're talking about, uh, I didn't quite understand what you meant when you said that, that it goes on for a couple decades and then it dissolves. I, I didn't quite understand that oh just that the um um I, I think they're they're not unique in this regard in that they they were a movement and movements um often have a limited lifespan hmm. i was thinking as you were speaking about uh robert frost's famous you know choice of two roads and uh, yeah. as the rabbi was talking about the aphorism on choose the right road, but that that does imply a road that's there for you already made, right? And yet there's a choice. I'm, I, I, I like the way Justin reframed it as, you know, agency um, in tension with um, forces that seem and of, often are much larger than any one of us. Um, but But what are social or historical forces other than the weight of large groups of people um, acting, if not in, in conscious concert, um, creating movements by acting consistently with one another um, or, or surrendering their agency to someone else's suggestion or leadership. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, um, there's a lot of uh, psychology and um, neuroscience that, that looks at um, how much of what we do is really 
um, reflective choice and how much of it is um, reactive choice. Um, and I think the more reflective we can be and the more we can operate out of our critical thinking mode, the better hope we have for overcoming um, the, um, the lesser angels of our nature. And it's a, it's a tall order sometimes. It, it's an interesting order for me. I spend most of my time trying to be a critical thinker. I think I'm enslaved by it. Rabbi, what, what do you say about that? Oh, um, well, I, I actually think critical thinking is really central, right? That it's, uh, that it's, it's freeing uh, in that it, it, it gives us the opportunity to not take what other people or the outside world or conventional wisdom about this, that, or the other thing um, imposes on us, right? It says, well, no, I actually have a choice in how I see the world and respond to it. And, you know, to go back to the original quote uh, and, and you know, Michael's, um, you know, incredibly thoughtful uh, riff on it, um, you know, I go to uh, one of the greatest, you know, perhaps the greatest single uh, creative thinker in the Hebrew Bible, which is um, the author of Ecclesiastes. And he says some very interesting things, right? Um, all is vanity. I've tried, right? I tried to amass all the wisdom and that didn't change anything. Uh, I tried to do all, I tried to amass all these riches and that that did nothing. Um, you know, I look at the courts and they get corrupted by the rich. And uh, I look at the world and the fool and the wise person, the righteous and the wicked, they, we all have the same end. And, but what he does say is that despite all of that, we still have to believe in justice. We still have to fulfill our commitments and we should enjoy our bread and drink our wine. And so, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the critical thinking can lead to a kind of realistic appraisal, a letting go and an affirmation of what's ultimately most important. What a wonderful place to end it. We make the road by walking it. I'm going to be thinking about that all day. Thank you so much, Reverend. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Thank you, Bill Newman, for allowing me to host. I know Bill Newman. Bill Newman is a friend of mine, and I am no Bill Newman, but I love talking to you. Thank you so much. Yes, it's great to have you back in the box. Thanks so much, Rabbi. Everybody else, have a great day. Choose the road carefully you walk on. Gordon Oliver here, so let's face it, our day-to-day -day lives always involve money, right? For many of us, money is always top of mind, but here at the Cambridge Connection, we want to help you reverse that trend. Every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. here on WHMP, my co-pilot Tina Marie and I bring you a variety of amazing experts who can help you navigate that daily financial maze of life and guide you to a better relationship with your money. This week, join Gordy and Tina Marie with guest Dan Perkins, producer of the Black and White Network and co-host of the Credit Connection. It happens all over Massachusetts, in every home, and every community. Be careful in your bike. Learning can happen anytime, anywhere, we'll see you and no matter how learning takes place in your family's life, DESE is there as your partner. The Massachusetts Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Never stop learning. Find out more at mass.gov slash back to school. Live and local news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. Northampton Radio Group Station.